Repeat after me. This is the word of God. It is called the sword of the spirit. It is my spiritual weapon. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Devil, I am armed and should be considered dangerous. In the name of Jesus, I'm coming to tear your kingdom down. Everybody said amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank the Lord for his blessings throughout this day. Didn't the worship teams do it awesome today, this morning and this evening, both? I'll tell you this morning, they blessed me to no end, and I praise God for we take our we take our people who who uh, do so many different things in the church, not just the worship team, but we take them for granted. We should every now and then go by and pat them on the back and tell them we appreciate them, what they do, teachers and all, those that work with the children and young people. They're so needed. Um, they're trying to rewrite the Bible, trying to rewrite the Gospels. And uh, you may not be up on this kind of thing. It's just one of those things that intrigues me to study about and look after. And um, they've come up um, with all these new Gospels all of a sudden. And so most professors are using those newfound Gospels, lost Gospels they call them. I can tell you nothing's lost from God. He hasn't lost anything. And uh, Paul was converted about two years before Jesus passed away or thereabout or right after, depending on who you read about. And he wrote most of the New Testament within two years of Jesus' death. And uh, he had a front seat row to see everything that happened. But they want to discount all of that with someone that came along a century later or two centuries later or longer. Got all these new Gospels. I said that. This doesn't have nothing to do with my lesson tonight. It's just on my mind. And if we ever did teach our children before they leave to go to college the value of sticking with what is tried and proven, we need to implant it in their heart and in their life. And the church can't do it all. Parents, you have to do something. Or if you fail to do that, within a year from the time they go to college, they will be lost from what you have taught them your whole life. And we need to plant the Word of God in their hearts. I said at the beginning of this study, and let me repeat it again tonight, I repeat a lot of the Scripture every session. I repeat several Scripture every session that I begin with, It is not accidental, it's on purpose. I repeat them because they tie together the the series of lessons that I'm doing on this subject because it can't be done in one sitting. And so I repeat these every time because someone may be here that wasn't here at the last one or you are like me, slow to comprehend or keep it in your thoughts You need it told to you more than one time. So I do it just in case. 
you forget. So let us begin tonight and uh, in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. Now, last Sunday we endeavored to show you that we are in a covenant blessing after the order of Melchizedek. Also remember that this is just one aspect of the living, the Christian life. This about the blessing. This is not the whole thing. This is one aspect. I hope that you understand that because there's other aspects. There is the aspect of salvation, etc., etc., etc. The blessing is just one aspect. The blessing comes after salvation. It is not salvation. It is just a part of the process that God gives to us and blesses us with. We also learn that this is a priestly order of Jesus, which is forever. Hebrews 5, 6, And he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. We noted that the tithe is holy last week also. And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or all the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It's holy unto the Lord. We learned how the covenant of Abraham was not only for his day, but for his seed after him. We also learned that we are the seed of Abraham. Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Genesis 12 and 1, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from the father's house unto a land that I will show you and I will make of thee a great nation. Genesis 15 said, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, with Abram, saying unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Genesis 17 and 7, And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed. I want you to know this is the process of steps that begins to take place. First, God made a covenant with Abram. Now he's got a covenant between him and his seed. After thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant. It is a forever. It is eternal to be a God unto thee. And to thy seed after thee. After Abraham's done gone on and gone. far as the earth is concerned. So what we know is. By what God did through Abraham. And gave him these promises. They are ours as well. Through the process of tithe. Galatians 3.29. And if ye be Christ. If you're saved. Then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs. According to. To the promise. The tithe was the covenant, not the law. The law is in the Bible, and there is plenty of law in the Bible, but the tithe is not a law. It is a covenant relationship that we have. So the only covenant we're under today, as far as the blessing is concerned, is under Abraham covenant. <clears throat> we're in covenant with Jesus through the blood. Covenant, remember? I imagine in the lesson this morning I brought that out, that we have a covenant with Jesus through the blood. Remember, we took the cup 
That was a, I mentioned the covenant before I talked about the cup blessing this morning. This that I'm talking about has nothing to do with the blood covenant. has nothing to do with the cup blessing. This is the blessing of Abraham. This is the blessing we received through the process that God used and done with Abraham. I'm just wanting to make sure that you get these in order and not, Tied to a place that it's not supposed to be. First Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen generation. You see the process that he's making here. He starts out with just a, a covenant with Abram who was not Abraham at the time. Now we are already up to the point that we are a chosen. We've been chosen. God chose us through the process that he made with Abraham. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We've become now a priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people. We were not Jews. We were not Israelites. We had no part in it. We had no place to play until God adopted us in through the blessing of Abraham. Oh, hallelujah. That's good. Revelation 1, for hath made us and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, and to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. The writer gets excited, which is John, just saying it. He gets excited about the idea. Revelation 20 and 6, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ. Now, I don't have time to go into this, but this is talking about what I talked about this morning, the rapture of the church. The rest of the people that actually will be saved throughout the ages will have no part in this part of the resurrection, the church that was raptured. They will be, they, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ. In the thousand year millennial reign, we will reign as priests of God. Don't look at me like a cow caught in a storm. Now we pick up from last week where we stopped at and begin. If Abram had gone home that day, the day that the king Melchizedek blessed him, if Abram had gone home that day and not stopped to receive the blessing, so would have the high priest went home without blessing him. No blessing would have taken place. So what we have here is the tithe being the connector. No tithe, no blessing. Do you see it? I hesitate to say this, but I must say it in order to stay truthful with myself. You can, you can, you can be saved without paying tithes. You can live a pretty good life without paying tithes. But you're going to miss out on all the blessings. I might well be truthful with you. That's the connector with this blessing that I'm talking to you about. 
In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land for the river, from the river Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. And Abram was ninety years old and nine, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. God keeps repeating himself to Abram about this. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Not one, but many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Oh, praise his name. The only covenant we are under today as far as the blessing is concerned is the Abraham covenant. Therefore, Hebrews tells us, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And by reason hereof he ought as for the people so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself. But he that is called of God as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be an high priest. But he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. Now the writer of Hebrews is trying to explain this process. Trying to explain what's taking place and what is happening. He saith also in another place, Thou art for a priest forever. After the order of Melchizedek who in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications was strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared though he were a son, talking about Jesus, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Verse 10 said, called of God and high priest. After the order of Melchizedek. Isn't that amazing? You can't get them separated. No matter where you go in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you can't get them separated. They keep being together. No matter what. Whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 20 as well. God chose Melchizedek, not man. God chose you, not man. The order of this high priest was to receive tithe. This is how the order began. Whose priestly order is Jesus after 
Y'all don't want to say something, afraid you'll be wrong. Melchizedek. Y'all got to know where I'm at at this point. Who am I going to pay tithe to? Jesus, my high priest. He's the one going to bless me. Watch over me. Take care of me. Heal me. Deliver me. Set me free. Feed me good food. Bless me. Buckets of honey and spices and everything nice. <laughs> Whose priestly order is Jesus after Melchizedek. So I must pay my tithe to my high priest. For him to bless me. Who? Jesus. He's my high priest. Jesus. Your high priest can't wait to bless you. But you hold the key. To the blessing from the high priest. I'm trying to hurry and I'm trying to slow down. We need to quit listening to false prophets. And pay attention to the word. Now, it pops in my head and evidently the Holy Ghost wants me to say it. You sat down on Saturday night or Sunday morning whenever you do it or whatever time you do it. Say, I'm going to write out my tithe check. Or you're going to get the cash. You write out a $100 round figure. Bring it, drop it in as your tithe. Wrote on your check, tithe. Now, all depending on whether or not this is true. You see, if it's supposed to be 120, you can't give 100 and call it tithe. The only thing that's going to be tithe is tithe. My wife, she has this habit. I guess it's a habit. I don't know. Maybe it's this wanting to be right. But when she makes out her tithe, she figures up how much her tithe is and then rounds it off to the next highest figure. But can I tell you forever since she paid over her tithe, didn't do her no good <laughs> if she called it tithe. <laughs> Me for a long time, I'm very particular. I figured out to the penny and that's what I write it out for. I don't round it off. If I'm going to give an offering, I'm going to write out a check as an offering. Because you've got to understand that God is very particular about this. God wants you to give offerings. I'll show it to you in a minute. But you can't give a certain amount and say it's my tithe unless it is 10% of what come to you in a rightful way. Some TV preachers will convince you that if you will send in $1,000, the blessing will return on you as a $1,000 blessing. It's a lie. Didn't say it was wrong to give an offering to him. Didn't say you couldn't send him a $1,000 offering. I said if you send him the $1,000 offering with the idea in mind that God's going to honor the offering in the way that he honors the blessing, it won't happen. 
The only thing God's going to honor the blessing on is your tithe that you bring to the place of worship where you worship at to take care of the man of God and the, and the place that you're worshiping in. That's what it was set up as, and it's always been that way. I can prove it to you from the Word. And you won't get the blessing sending it to some foreign country and calling it you paid your tithes in Israel. You can send money to Israel. They need it. Right now you can call it up on, on, on your computer or whatever and you can send a donation to that hospital that's underground to be used during the, during the Battle of Armageddon. And help supply it takes $30,000 per bed. You can send any amount and he'll go to it. But can I tell you it won't bring the blessing of Abraham to you. That's what I want us to understand. But Brother Rigney is, is telling you you can't do it any other way if you have not given your tithe to your high priest. The heavens are shut up, the Bible said. In the early years, and I told, told you this, I think, in the early years the tithe was brought to the Levites. The Levites didn't get a portion of land given to them when they came into the promised land. They were set aside as those who taken care of the house of God. Done all of those things. And the thing, the tithe that came into the house of God went to the Levites to take care of all of that and themselves. When is my offering in line for a blessing? When is it not? How many know God doesn't have to receive my offering if he don't want to. But I can give an offering to God anytime I want to and it'll be a blessing to whatever it was given to. If I give it for this mission trip, which I've already done, then it'll be a blessing to the mission trip. But it won't be the blessing of Abraham. It'll be a blessing based on the exact thing that I put it in and gave it to. Nothing wrong with that. But pastor, I just don't have anything left. I only make minimum wage. I understand. Believe me, I understand. Most of my life I made minimum wage. Even after I started preaching, I made under minimum wage. But it's not because you're on minimum wage that you can't tithe. It's because you haven't yet set a priority. I can tell you this, Jesus wants you blessed. But it won't be before you put God, number one, in your tithe. Now, we don't like this, and I don't like to have to be the one to tell it to you. But it's still true. I can either have the blessing of God or do without it. This is my prayer and hope that Pathway will become 100% tithers. I don't know what the number is. I don't know what the, what the amount is at this time. We know the connector is this covenant is the tithe. Today we want to talk about covenant. And I'm, I don't have a lot of time, but you didn't give it to me at 6.30. You gave it to me at a quarter till 7. I know what time it was. I looked up there. And so you can put up with this 30 minutes. I know. I want to talk about the covenant a little bit. How many of you know Cleflo Dollar? 
Most of you do. He has a big mega church, 17 and above thousand members in his church. You may like him. You may not like him. You may agree with him. You may not agree with him. But in one of his writings, he spoke about the experience which God and how God told him directly that the tithe is the connector, the agreement, the covenant. He said, God said to me, the tithe is the covenant. And he said, what I'm talking about this far is, is because the blessing of God ceased in our church. We couldn't get nobody healed, even though that was his main sermon. We couldn't get nobody set free. We couldn't do anything. We were just going downhill, even though we still had all these thousands of people. We weren't going nowhere spiritually. God said to me, the tithe is the covenant. So what is a covenant? A covenant is an agreement or pact between two or more parties to carry out the terms that are agreed upon. It is a pledge. It's a vow. It's a promise. It is a will or a testament. When a covenant is made in blood, it becomes binding for life. If one party were to break the covenant, the other party has the right to take his life. That is a fact always. In the Old Testament, the process taken to make a blood covenant was a solemn occasion. The two parties would split the backbone of a heifer or, or a cow, if you please, if you want it said that way. They split them half in two and laid it open. They would then walk around each end, meet in the middle, one on either side, and announce the terms of the covenant. They would then shake hands. Then they would cut their palms or their wrists and mix their blood, pointing it toward the sacrifice that was laying between them. And say, if I break this covenant, God, then do to me what I have done to this animal. Y'all still going to stay with me? Still going to love me? Look again at Pastor Dollar's statement. The ties of the covenant. What he is saying is that tithe is more than putting something in the plate. It is an agreement you have made with God. It is the way to be connected to our covenant with God, the blessing covenant. The way we can receive the promises or the blessings of the tither is through tithing. Tithing connects us to the promise. So Pastor Dollar's right, or is he off his rocker? Does the Bible teach that the connector of the tithe is the covenant to the promises of God? If this is true, then what? Then that means a lot of Christians won't get out of the situation they're in. I have to face that fact. I have to face it. They will never receive their full deliverance because they do not have the connector to receive the promises of God. You may want to get debt free, but you may never get debt free because you have got, not got the connector to get debt free. It's time to get connected to the covenant church. So let's look at the covenant between God and Abraham a little further. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation. Skip on down to Genesis 13, 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. 
And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, and I will give it unto thee. Brother Roger, that's as good a reason as any to say that Israel will always be there. God's going to send Jesus, and he's going to come back one of these days and step up on the Mount of Olives to claim what belongs to him. I can't get on that. God has taken the initiative to make a covenant with Abraham. Lot and his household are taken captive. Abraham brings them back and pays the tithe to Melchizedek. It's wonderful to know all the promises of God in the Bible, but there comes a time when we want to experience the promises. So Pastor Dollar's right, the tithe is the connector to the covenant promise. Genesis 15, 18. And in the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto thy seed, Have I given this land? In Genesis 17, 2. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, for he... For as, as for me, behold, my covenant was thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, for, but thy name shall be called Abraham for the father of many nations. For I have made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Abraham at this point has no children. And he and Sarah are getting very old. This is a point that needs to be soaked into every believer's head, even though our circumstances tell us no. When God said to Abraham and to Sarah, you're going to have a baby boy, the circumstances said no. (laughs) Amen, Darlene. All you and I need to do is look for God's yes. Every time Satan says no, God's got a yes. Too many of us look at our discouraging circumstances and want to give up. But God says yes. Then we need to look at our circumstances in the eye and by faith laugh in its face and receive what God has promised us. If I'm a tither, if I'm having need financially, I have a greater right to come in here and walk this floor and tell God right to his face, I'm a tither. I don't have to say it anymore. God's already obligated himself to help me. Are you still with me? When you circumstances said no, look for God's yes. Up until now, this covenant is between God and Abram. But look at verse 7 in Genesis. And I will establish my covenant between thee, me and thee, and the seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant and to be God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Now it's between Abraham and his seed. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. You done read that, Brother Rick? Now I know it. Anything God promised to Abraham is now promised to us. God is bound by his word. Therefore, he must include us in this promise. 
It is time the heirs of God started saying, Me too, God. Bless me. Malachi 3 and 3, And he shall set as refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi. Who are the sons of Levi? They're the priest tribe. And purge them as silver and gold. And they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Offer unto God an offering in righteousness. Can we give God an offering in righteousness? If so, does that mean I can give an unrighteous offering? Hmm. The word righteous comes from the root word meaning to make an offer. Righteousness is a covenant word. Now, do we know the difference between an offering of righteousness and unrighteousness? Just because I make an offering doesn't mean God will accept it. Listen to Malachi 3, 6 and 7. For I am the Lord, I change not. What does that say to me? That says to me if I'm walking where I'm supposed to walk, Brother brother Jewett, God is going to bless me according to what I need. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye say, wherein shall we return? He is asking for something to be returned to him. They're saying, we don't know what it is we're supposed to return to you. Malachi 3 and 8 said, Will a man rob God? Yet you robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithe and offering. He wants us to return with tithe and offerings. God is not going to receive our offerings if they are unrighteous. Because until we have paid our tithe, the windows of heaven are closed. Give all the offerings you want. The windows of heaven are still closed. Your offerings are not an offering until you tithe. Then your offerings become something special. Are we shutting the windows of heaven? Pastor Dollar made this statement in the same writings that I was reading. Whether you like him or dislike him or whatever. Facts are facts. Out of 17,000 members, he said only 17% were tithers. That means 1% out of every 1,000 people. 1% of every 1,000 was a tither in his church. Great church. But from his point of view, it wasn't going anywhere spiritually. And that's when he got this from the Lord. God told him the windows were shut because they were not tithing. Today he says that 90%. He started preaching on the blessing of Abraham, the tither. And he said today, and this, this, this is a little old, he said 90% of the people are now tithing. That he didn't stop there, but he said the power is moving again. Promises and flow of the Spirit is moving like before because we become tithers. I know right now there's a big upheaval over him about the jet. Now if you'll listen close to those news commentators, they talk about them poor little old widows in his church. They're starving to death. And he's trying to buy a jet. You can look that a lot of ways. But you hadn't come from where he come from. 
You don't know the truth. The widow's tithe is as important as the rich man's tithe to her. The poor man's tithe is as big as the rich man's tithe. My tithe is as good as any of you's tithe, and I'm on fixed income. So I can't even begin to pay what some of you pay to this church in tithe. But can I tell you I'm under the same covenant. Oh, I'm about to get happy now. I'm under the same flow of God's blessings. Hallelujah. I feel power in this house. I'm quitting. I'm coming to close. God wants you to be debt free. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be healed. But he cannot bless you if you are a covenant breaker. He cannot bless you with one hand while you are robbing him with the other hand. You need to understand that you're Abraham's seed. You're in in Abraham's covenant. We must stop committing adultery and idolatry rather and understand that if we we believe tithing, we must not use it to shut the windows of heaven, but we must use it to open the windows of heaven. I don't know how to close this. I preached myself happy and I preached myself sad. I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't want you to go away feeling bad. I want you to go away happy and excited. But I can't do anything about what you decide to do. I can only tell you what I believe to be the truth. And it's been used and used over and over again and it's worked over and over again. How many times has God saved my life? I've lost count. And you don't know either. Just the other day, I saw I was topping a tree with a chainsaw up on a stepladder seven feet in the air. I got no business on a stepladder seven feet in the air. I barely got business to be on this flat floor. I can fall on the carpet. I got a chainsaw ripped wide open. I can't turn the trigger loose because I've been a strain with one arm. I saw the limb clean off and right down through it. It hit something and kicked back and caught me right there with the chainsaw. Me and the ladder and the chainsaw almost went over. My grandson was standing close by and run and grabbed the ladder. And the chainsaw was still running wide open. There's no telling what the devil intended. But I had a God, that ignorant boy of mine. I don't know what I'm going to do with him. He knew not to get up on that ladder. Not only that, he is a woodsman from a way back. He knew better than saw that limb clean off. He done it anyway, but I caught him. I spared him. I was able to go fishing the next day. I had a terrible-looking arm, but I was able to go fishing. What are you saying, Brother Rick? That's just stuff that might happen. Do and say whatever you want to. But I walk with this idea in my head and in my heart. I'm walking under the blessing of Abraham. Well, what if you die tomorrow? So be it. I'll be in a better place. I'll welcome it with hands out. Stand to your feet.